<laughs> I love when it makes that noise. Welcome back to Popcorn Lore, guys. Yay! Podcast. Yeah, we're off for a about... few weeks, but we're back. We're, we're back a bit, with a vengeance. Uh, with the vengeance. <laughs> Die Hard 3. <laughs> Ready to tackle it. <laughs> so deep movie, deep uh, and disturbing movie, deep and disturbing. Okay, as, as long as we can remember, as long as we can remember, yeah, right, <laughs> right, exactly. Yes. Well said. <laughs> All right, so what do we say? Cue the music. Cue the music. Cue the music. Living a dream, kid. A dead wife to pine for. A sense of purpose to your life. A romantic quest that you wouldn't end even if I wasn't in the picture. I should kill you. Quit it, Lenny. Come on. You're not a killer. That's why you're so good at it. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> uh, that was some lovely music there. That was some lovely it's music. So good. So great. So epic. So, uh, yeah, welcome back to Popcorn Lore, the podcast where we talk about everything uh, to do with our favorite movies and the lore behind them and the making of them. So today we're going to talk about, what are we going to talk about today, Tony? We are going to talk about a movie called Memento. Memento. Okay. And uh, that's by, um, who directed that again? Orson Welles? (laughs) Not close, but Christopher Close. eh? That was close. Okay. Christopher Lord. I forgot, you know. Oh, yeah. I tend to forget. These things. (laughs) Okay, so Memento was released in 2000, correct? That's right. So just having a look at what was happening in 2000. Actually, when I was doing this this research, I found it was really an interesting year because a lot of the movies that came out in the year 2000, at the time when you would watch them, they were like they were good movies, but they were they weren't like oh I I didn't think they would they would be like very memorable. Yeah. But looking back at the list, like I was quite surprised by the the amount of movies that are actually very memorable, and that you look back now. Yeah, and say, yeah. like, looking complex. at these movies, you can name a few of them here. Yeah. So right off the bat, I mean, the movie that we're talking about today, of course, uh, Gladiator, uh, which I, <laughs> right away that was memorable. I will not. I won't lie. Like I knew right away. Uh, American Psycho, one of my favorite movies. Mm. Um, the the movie that won the the Oscar that year, Traffic. Um, it was good. It was great. But like at the time it was really good. But like looking back compared to some of the other movies that I'm about to name, uh, Snatch, Requiem for a Dream, uh, Unbreakable, uh, Boiler Room, you had The Beach as well. You had uh, even movies like, you know, um, Remember the Titans or like uh, any of those kind of movies. Uh, X-Men also came out during, during that time. Uh, almost famous, Aaron Brockovich. Wow, uh, these are, like these are. It's quite a good year for movies. Yeah, it's a great year for movies. Looking back at it, like at a time, even uh, international movies, like in the mood for love, for example. Uh, like at a time when you're watching these movies, I didn't really, like I said, I, I didn't think they were going to be like memor- memorable. Let's say, 
but uh looking back at the list like yeah they're they're they became cult classics for sure any of those uh, movies bring back memories or stand out for you yeah um yeah like all of them like recruiting for a dream traffic um gladiator castaway i just find that these type of movies um what i get what what sense i get from them is that the script is really strong mm-hmm. like they're very well written to be deep uh, uh scripts with uh, interesting plots interesting story deep story and that might be a, a different than what it is today with with most of the movies i don't know i don't watch all i'm not super up to date but uh i mean they didn't focus so much on um special effects and uh and cgi and stuff like that a lot of these movies is just it's really the story yeah and memento i feel is um is is part of that definitely i yeah. would say just to, to comment on that it's it's less formulaic i'd say yeah whereas today I feel much like less it's, formulaic. It's, it's like uh really more formulaic and like sense. a lot of these movies like memento recurring for a dream american psycho and traffic they uh it's like the script is out of the box convoluted you know what and, i mean yeah. it's like it's really different and it's really innovative yeah even snatch yeah. even snatch yeah yeah it's another I one i think that was the trend it was they the the they want they were looking for strong writing at that mm-hmm. time the 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 producers and uh, that's why a lot of these movies they have a, a strong lasting power right and uh in the long run they became classics right right all right um moving on to uh you know Christopher Nolan who who directed Memento uh, what was your first of all what was your first contact with this movie uh, Tony Memento uh it was kind of like um at the time like t- 2000 you know i was simply i was just walking in the v and the video store and there was vhs tapes and i came across this movie memento no one told me about it i just read the description in the back it seemed interesting um I saw the director christopher nolan at the time i never heard of him before mm-hmm. i don't think anyone has because i think it's yeah. it was his first it was his first uh, big movie kind uh, of after following he, it. But this one was still an independent movie, but right, it was his, yeah. one of his first movies. Like in the, his first actual movie was following, following right? from 98. Yeah. yeah, but this is one of his first movies before he became famous. Right. And uh, yeah, I just picked it up and um, I think I was amazed by it. You know, I, the first time I didn't understand the story, the plot, I didn't, I didn't get the whole plot um the first time like i i like i got the concept of the uh, of of the story which i'll talk about right but i didn't understand the full plot until i rewatched it last week right two weeks ago so um so it's um it's not an easy movie to watch uh basically it's first is first frustrating to watch <laughs> um and that's that's kind of the point of the movie too which i'll talk about Okay, so I'll just uh, give a little background on the movie. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to ask Aaron yeah. before uh, what was what was your contact with uh, the movie, uh, Aaron? In terms of Memento, uh, yeah. I I watched the movie a little bit like later. I definitely um, didn't see the movie at all when it came out. I think for some reason I, my dad had like 
rented it and i started watching it with him and then it was like uh, i i i don't know why but i never finished the movie so then when i saw the movie like years later i i remembered little bits and pieces of the movie which is actually kind of ironic considering what the movie is about yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh uh i uh the reason i watched the movie was just because i remembered that it was like uh, somewhat of a I don't know if it's critically acclaimed per se, but it's like more like kind of cult classic. It's popular. And obviously um, I went through a phase where I was watching lots of Christopher Nolan movies. Uh, so that was kind of my experience with, uh, with the movie. And uh, since watching it for the first time, I think th this time was probably my third or maybe fourth time watching the movie. So um, I'm a fan for sure. I've seen it a few times. Something I'm interested in doing is, is watching it in a different format, which I'm sure um, we can talk about a little bit later. Okay. Okay. Awesome. All right. So just give a little background. Basically the movie was, uh, based on a short story, uh, from Jonathan Nolan, Christopher Nolan's brother called Memento Mori. Um, he laid out the, the outline of his, uh, it was actually, a, yeah, of his, the, the book, the short story, um and correct me if i'm wrong that's like a famous japanese saying or something like memento mori uh, i didn't i didn't look i, I didn't finish that, <laughs> that part uh it's tough i don't i don't know to be honest i know mori uh, it, it it could be um it could be a lot of things I, I i'm not sure to be honest okay well the name um or, about, or, yeah. or or sorry, it's actually I'm just looking it up now. It's a symbolic trope. I I thought it was actually Japanese because I I would always see like uh, the t-shirts with like the kind of the skull and it would say on the bottom of it like in the Japanese uh, oh, okay. art and then oh, it would say interesting. Mori, but it's actually um, just a symbolism, uh, basically a reminder of inevitable death, basically. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. Well, maybe uh, that was. Uh, uh, one of the reasons he chose the short story the title for that. Mm -hmm. um, actually, speaking of that, Memento was chosen. The the title Memento of the movie was actually chosen by Christopher Nolan, and it was based on um, Thune's The Memorius. Um, it's a book from Georges Louis Barge, and the book is actually the opposite of this movie. It's about a man who remembers everything in detail, oh, wow. and he's tormented by it. And that's what the movie is about. And that's where he gets the name from, Memento. Interesting. So basically, um, the short story wasn't written yet, mm -hmm. but he had the idea. One day in 1996, uh, Christopher Nolan and Jonathan Nolan, they were taking a cross-country uh, drive from Chicago to L.A. And basically, uh, Jonathan pitched the story to Christopher uh, during the drive. And uh, Christopher right away fell in love with the concept. So basically, um, they worked simultaneously. Uh, Jonathan worked on the short story book, and um, Christopher worked on the script at the same time. Mm -hmm. About two months after he started writing the script, he decided to make the story backwards. Christopher. Christopher. Yeah. Okay. He decided. Originally, he decided that when, yeah, he decided when the film when, when the movie was going to be shown, uh, filming. Count reverse chronological order, right. <laughs> which I'll get into <laughs> when I describe the movie. Um, in 1997, the script was shown to uh, to publishers, and mm -hmm. New Market said it was the most innovative script they have ever seen. 
Mm. And they um, they took it on. It premiered in September 5th, 2000, 2000. Opened in 20 countries. And based on the budget of $9 million, it made it earned $40 million. It was critically acclaimed. And it had a cult following. Um, for the casting, Brad Pitt was was originally cast oh, as Leonard wow. um, Shelby. Shelby. But he, he was interested in the role, but he didn't take it because uh, he had a lot of scheduling conflicts. Mm-hmm. conflicts. And then um, I can picture him though in the film. Yeah, he's kind of he kind of if if you if you look at Brad Pitt in his kind of his uh, Fight Club type, yeah, yeah, like energetic and all that stuff. See him doing a good job. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, with the physique and everything. Like you could see him right. And then well, after after he was rejected, um, uh, he uh, he Christopher Nolan decided, okay, if it's not going to be Brad Pitt, I don't want any other. I don't want any A-list actors. Actors, okay. We're going to go with more B-list actors okay. and actually lower the budget of the movie. So out of everyone, he was impressed by Guy Pierce the most mm-hmm. and decided to cast him. And then, uh, well, the rest of the cast, uh, Natalie was cast by Carrie Ann Moss, and she was in uh, Matrix, right? Yeah, actually, there's 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 a Matrix connection in this movie because there's also uh, Cypher, the actor who plays Cypher in the Matrix. Okay, that's uh, Petty. Yeah, yeah, John exactly, Pet- yeah. yeah. John Petty. Yeah, yeah, so it's kind of. Uh, I'm not yeah. so familiar with the Matrix. It's kind of, there's series. kind of like a Matrix thing going on. Yeah, yeah. And so basically, um, it was uh, it, after the movie did well. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the people that rejected it, Miramax, aka Harvey Weinstein, <laughs> our hatred for team. Miramax. Yeah, <laughs> he, he rejected the movie. He said this movie is going to be garbage. No one's going to understand it. I can't cut it. I can't edit it. <laughs> no one can understand. How can it. I edit it backwards? backwards. <laughs> no one's going to understand it. And then when he started doing well, yeah. he actually regretted the decision. Of course. And he wanted to buy it back. Okay. He wanted to offer to buy it, okay. which didn't happen. Uh-huh. Then it got DVD released, and the DVD actually has four different endings. Okay. Oh, wow. that I wasn't aware of. Actually. Yeah. And um, wow, does that significantly change the story? Of and actually, life? some some DVD, in, I don't, it, might, it might be in a different country, but some DVDs offer uh, a way offer an option to watch the movie chronologically. Yeah. Really? This I heard, this oh, it's I like heard. edited uh, yeah, chronologically. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, that's yeah. what I had mentioned is I wanted to watch. Uh, there's some uh, some edits of Versions, the movie where, uh, yeah, where they've basically edited it so you can watch it backwards, which essentially is the yeah, correct, I mean, the chronological I mean, with our, order. With our technology, I mean, us with uh, just window music, yeah. just media player, we could do it ourselves. Right? Yeah. It's not the hardest thing to do. Yeah. But yeah, back then, enough. there was no... Uh, no yeah. You could only do it by DVD, right? But I kind of take. I feel like that kind of takes away from. It does take away. It, I think it definitely takes away because that's the whole point of the movie. When, yeah. yeah, I'll describe the movie and and I'll uh, you'll I'll explain that you know it's kind of necessary. Mm-hmm. So basically, now going on to just giving you a brief synopsis of the movie, uh, it's a movie about a man who um, has a sort of anterograde amnesia, which is basically. Um, he could recall his life up to a certain point, all the past memories, but he has short-term amnesia. He can't remember anything that happened in the short term, and he can't make new memories. Right. right? This is opposed as opposed to retrograde amnesia, which we 
which we uh, view as regular amnesia. What we view as amnesia is retrograde amnesia, which is basically uh, you can make new memories. You remember the present, the, the recent history, but you can't remember past memories up until a certain point. And I, this might be a stupid question, but this this condition actually exists? Yes, it does. Oh, exist. wow. Okay. Basically, um, it can be caused by benzodiazepine drugs. It could be caused by traumatic brain industries, PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be caused by all these things. But this disease, uh, I think retrograde may be more common. Right. But this, both of these diseases exist. Mm-hmm. Um, however they're not always as pure right you don't the the anterograde amnesia is not always like you can't remember anything uh present mm-hmm. sometimes it's a mix of both sometimes you'll remember a bit of the past you can make new memories in, in to a certain extent it's not always as black and white right but in the black and white version does exist interesting so this this character has this condition and um he was. He used to be an insurance broker, and one of his uh, clients, uh, her husband, had this condition, and he keeps referring to that to to that patient who had that condition, and um, and then he ended up having it himself after a traumatic injury, after a traumatic experience, which was basically the the murder of uh, of his wife by two culprits. And basically, the what the whole the whole his whole life after it was trying to figure out who did it, but the problem is he can't remember past he he can't remember past one or two minutes prior. So after a certain amount of time, everything gets erased and he starts from scratch. And the movie is shown in in two two different parallel ways of showing it. Uh, it starts off with they show the scene let's say from one from minute one to minute three and then for oh, sorry let's say it's from minute five to minute seven and then it goes from minute three to minute five and from minute one to minute three with a little bit of overlap so it won't confuse people too much so basically you're going backwards you're going forwards and back forwards Two minutes backwards, four minutes forwards. Two minutes backwards, four minutes. That's how the show movie shown. That's, so there's a rhythm to it. Yeah, basically. that's the color. When it's in color, that's how it's shown. And then when it's black and white, it's different. He's it's basically going forward in one in one uh, part of the movie where he's talking to someone on the phone. Right. And during while he's talking to them, nothing's really happening. He's just basically describing what he has, describing his past describing everything that's happening and then it's going it's going for the black and white is going forward mm-hmm. and that's about it and then that's that's uh that's how the movie is shown and um my opinion of the movie is that uh like I said in the intro it's frustrating it's confusing mm-hmm. it's frustrating <laughs> <laughs> and basically, I think Christopher Nolan, that's what he wants us to feel. Okay, so... Because that's what the character is feeling. That's what the character is feeling. And that's how people with that disease actually feel. Yeah. So, for example, there was one scene where it starts off and the guy's running. Right. And he... When we watch it, we just watch someone running. Yeah. 
we're trying to figure out, we're looking at the environment. Why is he running? Exactly. Yeah. What, what's happening? Why is he running? Right. We're looking for an explanation, mm-hmm. but the character is also feeling the same way. Mm. He's also, why am I running? <laughs> what am I doing here? What's going on? Why am I running? Who, who am, I? am I running from? Am I running from? So we feel exactly what the character feels. Mm-hmm. And that's a, my example of how the director wants us to feel when we watch the movie. Mm. Yeah, it's very it's a very uh, interesting take, and I think he he really deser- delivered on that point because when you mentioned that, I was like, oh, that that's probably what he wants us to feel. Yeah, mm. and that's a mark of a great director, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and like I said, um, um, the original story wasn't meant to be played backwards, right? There was Christopher Nolan's idea, yeah, and that's Christopher Nolan's genius, definitely. So that that's a, 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 a an accolade to Christopher Nolan to create that right and you know i'm not i'm not a, i'm not a huge uh follower of all of his movies like you probably are more than me yeah but i'll always remember him from this movie right yeah. his genius from this movie it's funny because personally i only saw memento years later okay. and i was a i was already a huge christopher nolan fan yeah. and i didn't watch memento and watching this movie you can tell the seeds of so many things of Christopher Nolan that I find like now retroactively yeah. looking back at this movie, mm. like convoluted scripts, uh, time, uh, messing it with time, like even like, uh, you know, Interstellar. Well, they're not just Interstellar, like a movie like Tenet, for example. Yeah. Or Interstellar. Like he likes to um, warp things. Mm. And I feel that like he was smart in the sense that because off of the success of Memento, he was able to direct Batman Begins and he basically made those movies kind of like his cash, uh, mm-hmm. his like his way, his green light, basically mm-hmm. to, to do the movies that he really wanted to do uh, going going forward. And uh, even a movie like The Prestige, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a great example as well, because it's not like you said, it's not something that's linear. That's from it's very focused on certain perspectives. You know, it's not, um, like you said, it's not a movie that you, we follow one character. It's very to the point, you know. But even the prestige, it, it, okay, it might not have to do with memory and time as much, but it has to do with copies of you being created. And, and exactly, yeah. So, a, a concept that's um, very alien. Yeah. And how do you feel about that? And uh, what if you face it? And can you kill it? And it's like, yeah, he makes you uh, but I was talking ask more... those questions, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that's um, why well, I saw an interview with uh, with him and he was saying uh, he he wanted to be a director like that because Stanley Kubrick was like that. Uh, yeah. And Stanley oh, Kubrick movies, cool. the reason why they're so classic and so memorable is because their movies were when you leave the theater, you actually have to have to have a discussion with another person to really bring out the ideas of the films. And those are the movies I think that really last and make impressions on people. But um, going back just quickly to the prestige, uh, even a character like Christian Bale's character, because, and I don't want to spoil the movie for anybody that saw, because of the, the, uh, this, the kind of like surrounding of, of Mitz's character, He's kind of unsure of as, as to what happened, you know, because there's kind of like two two sides to his character, you know. So it's he likes to deal with these characters that are like, you know, kind of convoluted and not so linear, you know. I saw 
I saw something that was saying how the first scene in Tenet was actually heavily inspired by um, Memento because there's a bunch of stuff in the movie where it works. Like even in even in Tenet, there's aspects of the movie that works backwards, and yeah. uh, where where it's it's un, again not to spoil the movie, but it's kind of a loop. You know what I mean? So apparently there's there's things where like it works backwards and. Um, he, uh, they were saying basically that a lot of the movies that he does, like his uh, inspiration is that he wants to um, design the movie in a way where you have to watch the movie multiple times in order to actually like get the full experience. And when you think about stuff that way, like basically almost all of his movies are super convoluted, maybe so that you have so many things you have to uncover that it takes multiple viewings in order to get like the max experience. You know what I mean? Definitely. And I think, the that's why i feel that like in a lot of ways inception is kind of like his magnum opus because it's like basically everything that he's wants to do on on, <laughs> on film you know he has like the script that's <laughs> like that he has the characters that are like that he has the you know the world building that's like that so inception is like that's why i said like when i look at memento and i look at like tenet or i look at inception or i look at interstellar or i look at like some of those movies like uh even the prestige I can see like the seeds of, um, of him. But what did you guys uh, feel or take away from Memento after you saw it? Well, it, personally, it left a big impression on me because, well, twofold, but just for the movie itself, but also because of liking Christopher Nolan's uh, films afterwards. The There was a tremendous amount of sadness, I felt, in the mm. movie, mm-hmm. um, especially not just for Leonard. It also showed me, you know, um, especially with mental health issues and things of that nature. Um, how, Maybe the story about the patient. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It was like, yeah. you know, it was, um, there's some deep, there's some deep things uh, happening in the movie and, and uh, yeah, just on those subjects alone, I, it really marked me uh, in that, in that uh, regard. What about you, Aaron? So, the very first time I saw the movie and then at the ending, I was super confused about what happened. Like for me, <laughs> so for me, I, I swear to God, the first time I saw the movie. So luckily it was during the era where it's like digital era. Mm. I went back and I think I watched the ending like four times to, to like fully try to understand everything that was going on. And then but something that's cool at least too is like, uh for movies that that are like this you can go on like a forum so you can go on reddit and get people's takes on like what did yeah. what do you think actually happened in the ending and kind of some like hi- high level uh, ideas about the stuff so my impression essentially was like once i finally understood what happened and then once i understood some nuance of what maybe could have happened I-, I thought it was a pretty brilliant movie um there's definitely a lot of sadness I- I- it makes me not like Lenny as much, you know, because mm-hmm. like I felt like uh, uh, you know it's funny watching you mean Teddy or Lenny, Teddy or uh the, the uh, Leonard Leonard the main character right oh Leonard okay okay yeah, yeah yeah so it made me not like him as much because he had the opportunity to like he had an opportunity to change or be good or like and he's got so many opportunities to kind of reset his life but he you realize eventually that he's not really he, well he's not a good person and that he he has to keep on chasing this idea or this dream or this uh this uh this want to find this his wife's killer when in reality like maybe the bad guy all along maybe was him you know what i mean 
So, yeah. so I don't well, know. Or maybe, or maybe like he already killed them, or yeah, they already caught him. But uh, I said at a certain point he had a choice whether to um, accept it, whether to accept it, or to keep believing his lie. Yeah, and basically he can't move on. He he burned the evidence, and he decided to keep playing the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One elephant in the room that like we didn't address uh, was the tattoos. Right. <laughs> like, we didn't we didn't bring those up, and I think they're kind of critical to the plot. Most and, uh, yeah, important. I yeah, like because he, he basically he tattoos things on his body to remember, right? Because of his short term memory loss, mm-hmm. and he also writes, I think, handwriting in a different way on pictures. I think. Mm-hmm. Is that that's one of the methods he used to not trust know. people from what I remember in the movie? Yeah. Um, is that yeah. true? Yeah. Because I remember he had a picture and he writes a certain different way so that he doesn't trust uh, Carrie Ann Moss, I think. Yeah, he tries to make it so that it's his right. It, it'll either be his writing or, or he'll, he'll do it in a way so that um, if something like he has to make sure that he recognizes his writing so that if somebody were to like uh, forge or something. He can yeah. identify that it was him that actually thought that, but obviously it leaves it open for him to be manipulated, which you see exactly, multiple yeah. times yeah. during the movie. Yeah, I think that's a big uh, theme of the movie too. Manipulation, it's huge. One yeah, of the especially reasons, especially Carrie Ann Moss. Especially, I know. I don't remember because I, I didn't th- like at first you see her and you're like, oh, she's got a great. This is a great person, and you know, yeah, she's helping him out. Like, completely, wow. But nope. I think one of the reasons he he wrote, writes stuff down is he says uh, I think it's early in the movie that only trust facts, um, memories and beliefs and uh, all these things they're not accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, he learned this from his profession as a insurance uh, insurance agent. Right. So basically, everything they wrote down it's known facts. Right. Uh, I'm going to use air, air quotes, uh, bunny air quotes, known facts. Yeah, known facts. But in the end, he he manipulates himself by putting yes. false facts. But that's you know that's another story. But basically, <laughs> the whole concept when he started doing this is that okay, this person's license plate is this, right? <laughs> but okay, like we said, you know, there's another there's another story to that too. So um, yeah, yeah. But he he basically tattooed and wrote down pictures on Polaroid because um, according to him and his the way he works he only writes facts right and how did you guys feel about um the sorry go ahead Aaron. oh so i was gonna say i i just reminded of one of the one of the i find that one of the most saddest scenes in in that movie is the one where carrie ann moss's character is telling him she's like she's gonna manipulate him and she's obviously saying a lot worse than what i'm saying yeah you're not gonna remember anything yeah you're not gonna remember this and she calls him all sorts of terrible stuff or whatever and then she gets him flustered on purpose and then he's like don't forget don't forget find a pen find a pen and then the scene resets right i was just like oh my gosh yeah that's that's a sad scene for me I, i i i always thought that was really horrible because it's almost like she's um, taking advantage of a mental well, patient. She, well, she is. <laughs> well, she, she is. is. She's, she's like with she's... It, yeah, and she's even telling it to his face, right? And there's yeah. nothing he can do about it. He yeah. also made, for what it's worth, he actually, he actually somewhat deserves some of those things too. To be fair, um, mm-hmm. but uh, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So. Um... Just uh, final thoughts on on the movie. I think it's 
uh, it was interesting for me to go back to watch this movie because like I, I never watched it when it first came out in 2000. I saw it later on, but uh, not around that time. I really got introduced to Nolan with uh, Batman Begins. It was kind of my uh-huh. first uh, Nolan binge. And then uh, in between that, I really liked The Prestige and then obviously The Dark Knight and then it just continues from there. But um, recently, did you guys see Oppenheimer or no? I haven't seen I it. Have yet. Not. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, but I, I plan to go see it. Um, I think it's definitely, it's a Christopher Nolan film, right? You can't yep. miss those. But yeah. um, one thing I wanted to talk about in this movie is that um, there was a time period, and I saw this interview, interview with uh, Christopher Nolan where he's talking about like, um, there was a trend going on where it was like alternate realities or like realities kind of like questioning reality, I should say. And a movie like The Matrix was like that. Memento was around that time. And then another movie called Dark City. And those movies were kind of like one after another. And um, he talked about specifically about Memento uh, being like that and how that those films influenced a movie like Inception. So it's kind of like interesting to to know that like after watching this film, because like I said, it, you can really get that sense of um, just alternating, uh, like, yeah, just like affecting reality kind of thing, you know? Yeah, well, now we know us and our lovely viewers understand Christopher, uh, John, uh, Christopher Nolan's style and what he tries to do with movies. And I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, like Jonathan Nolan has been like, uh, he's been working with him like on scripts for, for a long time. Like it's not just uh, for, I think yeah. even for like um, other movies of his, like The Dark Knight, I think he's also a co-writer and, you know. And he, I wouldn't I, be surprised because, yeah. I mean, they did a great job in this movie and uh, yeah, they should stick together. <laughs> I hope so, yeah. brothers. Yeah, they're quite close. But I think he, I, I think, I yeah. think he writes uh, Westworld. You know, the, oh, okay. the, the show, right. The, I think I heard that too. <laughs> yeah. So, any closing thoughts uh, from from you, Aaron? Uh not uh, not so much. Like, uh, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I'm a, a Nolan fan too. I haven't seen like all of his films, obviously, but at the same time, like. I think the type of movies that I generally love are the ones where either you watch them multiple times or like you mentioned, you have to like have a conversation with somebody uh-huh. to really get the like full experience. So and you mentioned a website. Um, I wanted to say, if you're really a big fan of Christian Roland, there's a website that I went on since uh, the prestige came out because of, of just that talking about his films and just movies in general, it's called nolanfans.com. And I think it still exists. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they have like a sub sub forum for like all of his films. Oh, for all of his movies, that's kind of cool. I didn't know about that. Yeah, 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 but yeah, I'm a I'm a fan of his movies. Uh, I I obviously love this movie, and uh, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to watching Oppenheimer. Awesome, and you, Tony? Yeah, like, well, I am the one who chose this movie, and when I chose it, I just just I don't know why I was thinking about the movies I'm going to choose, and this one came to my head because. I was pretty sure it'd be a movie that you could have a lengthy conversation about. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and um, I also wondered while watching the movie now, because when I watched it, it was in the era. It was like when it came out on VHS, which was a year later. But now that I watch, I'm like, I wonder 
if they filmed it now, how it would be like people, everyone, everyone, no one has Polaroids anymore. Everyone has right. cell phones for yeah, pictures. Yeah. Like how would it be with the cell phone? Right. That's true. Yeah. But that was, <laughs> right. It's yeah. so true. <laughs> um, so, uh, that's it for, for the lore on a memento. What, Aaron, next week, it's your, it's your week. What do you think? Yeah. Of- I'm 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 in between two films right now, uh, and both uh, I'm definitely going to do an anime one. Um, I'm thinking of either doing something like a classic, like Akira, or there's another uh, uh, director uh, that I really like, uh, and I'm thinking about maybe it's called The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. So I'll let you guys know uh, what I end up picking. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking probably the latter because I think uh, CJ, I think we've seen Akira probably enough times, (laughs) but uh, we'll see what happens. Okay, awesome. Well, that's another uh, episode down, boys. Yeah, thank you for listening to. uh, Still not canceled. (laughs) CBC hasn't. CBS was it? CBS hasn't canceled (laughs) us yet, Tony. (laughs) Thank you for listening, guys. And as always, if you like um, our content, uh, feel free to shoot us an email. All right, cue the music, boys. Cue the music. Peace.